Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Boiler Track Show, a show by Boiler Upload of the Rivals Network. I'm your host, Dub Jellison. Today, we have a very special guest, a member of the Cradle Quarterbacks, All-Pro NFL quarterback, Purdue Hall of Famer. Uh, he he really needs no introduction, but I gave it to you anyway. Mr. Jim Everett. Jim, how are you? Hey, Dub. I'm doing great. I appreciate that. Appreciate the intro and uh, good to be <laughs> good to be on here with you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do this for us. Um, couldn't have come at a better time, honestly, with everything happening hey. in Purdue athletics. Uh, caught you at a great time. Uh, what's it been like for you as a as a Purdue alum, Purdue legend, and now as a fan to to see all the success that Purdue's having across the board, not just football? Right. No, it's, I've, I've always been a big fan of Boiler Athletics. I mean, I, I know in 2022, there's a lot to cheer for, for dang mm-hmm. sure. Uh, you know, I mean, I, let's go back, just look at Boiler football. I mean, as we walked into this year, uh, we knew we had a good quarterback. Uh, I don't think, you know, Mockaby was a surprise. Uh, you know, we knew our defense could be good. I think that uh, I think they're surprisingly a lot better um, than we thought. And mm-hmm. but you know the the waves that we go, it had to be driving uh, coach crazy with uh, you know because sometimes you'd go out there and you know destroy a good team and then you know not so good teams on on top of you. So it's like I know it's been a wild ride, but I mean this team has guts um, and they're getting the glory. It's it's been a fun ride to watch, and you know now we're getting. Get to see you know Big Blue uh, in the championship game. I think that's um I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm, no doubt. I think it, this team really like embodies what Purdue is. Just they got to fight for everything. Um, it's not going to be the prettiest, but they're going to get the job done. And and like you mentioned, we've seen that throughout the year. Uh, the the no, are you saying Purdue's not pretty? What are you saying right now? Come on. <laughs> I'm saying from a national standpoint, people don't think Purdue's pretty. Well, I think you, when you look at it, it's like, no, we're, we don't have a bunch of five-star yeah. athletes all the time. But I, I'm telling you, the guys that we do that do decide to come to Purdue, come to Purdue for a reason and have a big heart. And they, they have a will and desire to be the best. And it shows. And you see the guys that go in the NFL, um, you know, produce. And, um, you know, it's 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 not the Ohio States. You're right. It's not mm-hmm. the, the Blue Star guy. It's not the but it is the the, the student ad will to want to do something with the brain and their brawn yeah and you look at all the like the um walk-on guys that have come through just this year i mean charlie jones obviously is has come in from iowa and exceeded everyone's expectations like you mentioned uh, devin mockaby it's a former water Soon to be a former walk-on, he's going to get that scholarship here uh, in a few weeks. Hopefully. He might have earned it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Um, yeah. And then Aiden O'Connell, the leader of the right. pack. This team is just super resilient in everything that they've gone through, both on the football field and their lives leading up to to getting to campus as well. Yeah, I mean, think about the the just the the road that Aiden has come on. You know, I mean, he's. He's been around for a little bit, uh, you know, with the transfer portal, with all the things that athletes can do these days. Um, you know, it could have been easy to jump ship. Um, I can go back to a story back in my old days that, uh, you know, I was behind a guy named Scott Campbell, who was a really good football player. Didn't know Mark Herman recruited me. But then, you know, there's this guy named Scott Campbell. Could I have easily transferred to San Diego State? Yes, I would have had to sit out a year. And did I think about it? I did. Uh, 
sometimes when it comes inside you, and this is what I think Aiden knows about, is that you have this will and you will it and you're willing to work for it and it makes it that much better. And I think that's what we're seeing, seeing it in uh, Aiden and, uh, you know, his whole thing. And I feel for his family, what they've had to go through this past week, um, you know, keep up with that. And I know that had to be very difficult during the bucket game um, to even maintain any concentration. Um, but hats off to him and, uh, you know, prayers for his family. Yeah. The fact that he was able to, like you said, keep his fo- keep his mind on football at least enough. Because I mean, th- throughout the game, when he's on the sidelines, you have to think he's. So- I don't even know what's going on in his mind. What all he's thinking about, the emotions he's going through, and to come out and and put on for his teammates, and just Jeff Brown said it best. He said he he gave us all his heart um, on Saturday, and to do that, it's it just speaks to the type of person. Um, Aiden is obviously. Yeah, and I and I think with, on on Aiden's behalf, you know, it's when the game turns on, you have to uh, play at the level that Aiden's playing at. You have to be. And I was just talking about the same thing with Trevor Lawrence yesterday. Um, you you have to be able to turn things off and turn things on. And when you're in that, you know, automatic zone, you know, you see it, you throw it, you see it, you throw it. Um, you really don't have time to be thinking about other things. So from a, a mental health standpoint, maybe three hours of just be able to read, react, read, react is a, was a healthy thing for him at that moment. And I know he gave it all, gave it all, but um, you know, that's the kind of dedication. I think how we got in this conversation the type of dedication that you have to have, especially on Saturdays and, and on Sundays in the pros is you have to be able to turn off all the noise um, as the boilers have this year Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, there'll be a lot of noise down in uh, <laughs> Lucas Oil Dome too. But uh, you know, it's a matter of you just got to turn off the thing. You got to do what you do best. You got to trust yourself, trust your teammate, and uh, the outcome will be what it's going to be. But all I know is uh, when we play that championship game, we better be able to stop the run because you know they're running. Their running backs are phenomenal. I was doing some research yesterday. I'm getting caught up on Michigan because obviously I don't get to watch too many of their games live. Blake Corm is phenomenal, and then he barely even played against Ohio State and their other kid, Donovan Edwards, ran for 216 yards. So yeah, I guess Ohio State. There's no drop-off. <laughs> there's no drop-off. And then, I mean, their quarterback's kind of broken onto the scene too. I think he's played a lot better uh, throughout the year. So it's it might be the t- the uh, the best team that Jeff Brom's ever faced. Uh, under probably I would, I would, I would, I would, you know, it'll be the toughest battle we have. Um, you know, everyone has, have, has them Michigan penciled in for the final four and, uh, you know, one of the top teams maybe right behind Georgia. Um, but you know, let's go first things first out Lucas oil, uh, stadium. So it'll be an interesting game. It'll be a tough game, you know, uh, and you know, I've always said this, the ball's oblong for a reason because it takes different bounces, and we may need a few bounces. Mm-hmm. Jeff Brom, he was asked about that today, and he was like, yeah, sometimes the ball just got to bounce your way, talking about, I mean, that spoiler ba- that spoiler maker uh, mantra, I guess, um, over the course of the last 60 years now, Purdue has had a knack for creating some upsets, creating some chaos, so uh, you just never know. You just never know. And that basketball team's, uh, you know, who knew about these guys coming out? I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. Pick it up. I mean, 
last year was a special year and this year might be even better. It's incredible to see the, there's no, there's been no drop off and they seem like they're playing more together. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to any of those guys because those guys are phenomenal players. Jaden Ivey's with the Pistons now, number five overall pick. Travion Williams is uh, having a lot of success in the G League, but uh, this team just just seems seems a lot different. They seem more together. Okay, so that was one of the most important things I found out in athletics and over my pro career. Every every team's like a fingerprint, and not a, never is every year ever the same. And we look back last year, and the Los Angeles Rams are winning Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and this year. <laughs> You know, I can't pa- get past three game win, you know, <laughs> after after 12 weeks. So it's, uh, you know, there's a bunch of things that go into a team. And that was the you know thing that great coaches have a, a knack to do is be able to bring in the type of talent that you need, that you need on the field, but also the type of thing for chemistry. How do you measure team chemistry? And that's the, the part that I think great coaches get. And when you bring in guys that can, um, I don't mean just community guys, but I just mean um, guys that can work well with other men and form a team because T-E-A-M beats I every day, every time. And uh, I think that's what we're seeing from the Boilers. And I think at the forefront of that is all the coaches, um, not just Jeff Brom and Matt Painter, but throughout Purdue, um, Katie Gerald's just took, took over the women's basketball team. Coach Shondell's doing his thing with the, with the volleyball team. Purdue is – put together one of the best groups of coaches uh, that you can find in America. I think that speaks a lot to, you know, uh, the athletic director and making, you know, things priority, but also, you know, making it a place that um, great athletes want to come to and a reason for it. And not only, you know, education, but also facility wise, also atmosphere wise, expectation wise. I mean, if we, we might be the school with the, you know, with the greatest ast- astronauts. Mm-hmm. How about the greatest athletics? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a plan to me. Um, yeah. What do you think about Coach Brom? He's in the sixth year. Just what he's done with the program when he took over, they were in the depths of the college football world, uh, nine and four, nine and forty-one over those previous four years. And um, I know a lot that that former coach gets a lot of heat, so I'm not here to. To, to rip on him, but the football program was in one of the worst spots it's probably ever been, and he's brought him out. What do you think about just the journey that he's been on these last six years and and where they've gotten to now? I, I can speak to the prior part, and I, I don't know if, you know, they had a different AD, they had different goals, they had different restrictions, but you've got to be able to recruit your home state, Indiana, and that wasn't happening. And when, when that doesn't happen, um, you can't win your state. It's really tough to win anything else. Um, so I think Jeff Brom coming in, full support uh, from above, uh, different different restrictions, and the concentration of, of winning Indiana, I think is huge, important for Purdue, for the athletic program, for what Purdue stands about, family. When I come back to Purdue, it's about, you know, coming home. You know, and that's my my athletes that I, my teammates, I mean, a lot of them still live in Indiana, live in Indianapolis, live in um, West Lafayette or where, wherever it might be. But um, you got to win the home state. And I think that that concentration flip 
and then having Jeff Brom come in. I would say that 2022 has been Jeff Brom's best coaching um, of all the time he's been here. And mm -hmm. why I say that is I think that, you know, he's he's had to delegate some things on the defense. I think that thing is it's more solid over there. I think his offensive plays, there's times when I think he's surprising. There was a time the other game when everyone's looking for Maccabee to get the ball, and then all of a sudden he's hitting touchdowns to Jones deep, you know, on, mm -hmm. on times when, you know, other coaches might be trying to just run clock. Uh, not Jeff Brown. He's going for the juggler. And so those types of things are different. And um, Lowe's can work, and it can work against you against you as well in second guess. But I think with the talent that they have, they, what they've had to develop, um, probably Jeff Brom's best year of coaching I've seen. Yeah, I have to agree with that because, I mean, you lose two All-Americans to the NFL. You lose a few offensive linemen. You lose a lot of – a lot of other NFL guys um, across the defense, not just George Karloftis. And um, this year has been – it's been the same outcome, um, you can say that. But uh, this year they've taken that next step and gotten to the Big Ten championship game. Well, I mean, you take a couple other games um, and their 100-point game, the Maryland or, or – um, I mean, you take – they could easily just be a two-loss team. So, I mean, this mm -hmm. is a very competitive football team in every one of the games they've been in. Um it's unfortunate that, you know, Iowa-Wisconsin showing was probably the low part of the season. But, you know, it's good to see him pick things back up and get confidence. Um, but, you know, every every season has that. We talk about that in the pros. And we talk about, you know, uh, you know Philadelphia was gone undefeated for so long. And then all of a sudden they get a loss. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to tank? They're going to – you know, we saw last last night where, you know, they're, they're still a, a very powerful team and uh, can do good things. So – Every team faces it. Our Boilermaker basketball team is going to face adversity during a streak. You know, like, oh, I, you know, I'm not trusting you. How they get through that is determined um, when that struggle happens. When you come through that, um, you're even better. So, you know, it's going to happen at some point in time. It's inevitable for every team to face some sort of, um, maybe not the Miami Dolphins of 1972. <laughs> other than that, most every other team faced it. Yeah, and I mean – the example you brought up with the Eagles, the following week they could have easily lost to the Colts, my Colts who play tonight, um, who are in who are also in a, a bad position similar to your uh, Los Angeles Rams, unfortunately. Well, I don't know if you'd call it a bad position. They're in the position they're in. I mean, come on, they got Jeff Sunday coaching them. Um, okay, Jeff Saturday on Sunday, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, I, I was it was kind of an interesting thing how that all panned out, but it's uh, you know I'm cheering for him. I mean, they knew coming in they, after they got rid of Wince and they brought in Matt Ryan that it was going to be a different show. I know everyone thought they were going to be a lot better than they were, but um, um, you can't have instability at the quarterback position. This is a quarterback driven league, and if you looked at Atlanta stats with Matt Ryan, there was there was some question. I still think he's got game. I just think there's some limitations, and you can't, you know, Taylor getting hurt a little bit. That takes away from what the Colts are going to do. Um, so I'm glad that Jeff's in there firing him up and expecting the win tonight against the Steelers. Mm -hmm, no doubt. Hopefully, this will this will come out after that. So hopefully, uh, we sound good and uh, the Colts <laughs> actually win. <laughs> oh, scratch that. <laughs> So hopefully the Colts will win. Um, yeah, going back to Purdue, you touched on this a little bit earlier. 
when you come back to Purdue and, and go to games, you want to feel like you're coming home. How special is it for you to be able to come back and still be embraced nearly uh, four decades after your playing days at Purdue ended? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, the students don't they like are like, who's the old guy coming back? You know, <laughs> then they have to throw up some video or stuff. But maybe some of the media students know me from throwing tables and stuff to after a media guy. But anyways, that, that <laughs> usually gets more modern men- memories than any of the 200 some touchdowns in the NFL I threw. But uh, now, look, now, before you go forward, I'm not. How often do people bring that up to you? Oh, all the time. I I had, I was uh, one of, I was at my house down in in San Clemente and a while back, and there was a group of 18 year olds, and they wanted to meet Jim Everett. I'm like, okay, I'm doing the math. I'm like, dude, you guys weren't. I was kind of like retired by that point um, from the NFL. So we are like, no, we want to learn this media class and we've seen your stuff. We want to meet you from, from the media thing. <laughs> like, Oh, you mean, you mean the Jim Rome deal? Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, that happens all the time. And of course on social media, the way it is, I mean, I might as well just change my name to Chris. Right. <laughs> so I, I embrace it. I have fun with it, but it's like, it's a, it's an interesting thing, but it, it's happened in life. And, you know, I've been trying to invite Jim Rome that I think we need to do a bunch of commercials and to make fun of it, but he doesn't seem to want to play with it. Have you really? Oh yeah. And he's not about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, let's get over it. Well, this one thing is, um, uh, Vander Holyfield and uh, Mike Tyson, and they were coming out with cannabis earlobes. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, that's they, perfect. They've made amends, and now they're they're making products together. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I yeah. guess if you're in the cannabis ear market, that's a good thing. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you kind of embrace it and and uh, have a good sense of humor about it. Um, but yeah, I want I wanted to ask about that. Um, but yeah, going back, going back to my original question, uh, yeah. coming back to Purdue, how much does it mean to, to still have that support and and be invited back, not just not just show up and go to the games and and sit in the stands, like like some other uh, former athletes unfortunately have to do. Well, you actually get invited back. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get it. I've always, um, I mean, Mike Berghoff's a good friend of mine. He's um, he was walk-on linebacker when I was there so I mean it is family of the people he's on the board and Mark Mm -hmm. Herman works for Purdue so I mean there's a lot of good friends I still have that are part of the community and so coming back is it makes it uh, fun easy enjoyable uh uh, 20 degree games like the last one I was at uh against Northwestern that doesn't make it real fun but uh, Uh (laughs) (laughs) it's California weather And I had a coat and I had some boots, so we we roughed it out. But it was uh, it was fun to come back, and it's always good to come back to see you know your old stomping grounds and and see my, see my Sigma Chi buddies, and um, yeah, it's 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 good to come home. But uh, and it's always good to feel welcome, is which is which is nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Purdue is the home of some pretty pretty great name quarterbacks, and to be mentioned with one of them. Uh, as one of them uh, is important to me. I mean, I was a big fan even after I left Purdue and, and to see Drew Brees come in and have so much success and then me go down to New Orleans and he breaks all my records down in New Orleans. I'm like, dang, everywhere I go, Drew, you're, you're just wiping my records out. What's going on? 
what's your what's your relationship like with other uh fellow cradle of quarterback members how often do you guys talk well you know ever since the nil thing i haven't really heard much of the cradle of the quarterback stuff mentioned um as much i mean maybe that's just coincidence but uh, um i would say like mark herman and i we were teammates mm-hmm. and he was when I came, when I was at the Rams, we brought him up from San Diego, and he was, he was uh, we both were quarterbacks at the Rams at the same time. And so our relationship is going to be special because we we had experiences together. Um, he helped recruit me at Purdue. So we go deeper than just the, hey, I noticed you. Drew, I've seen a couple times, been at his golf tournament. Um, now, what would what would you think if, if Aiden O'Connell and everything, I mean, we've talked about him a lot here. Um, huh? What would you think if he got added to that group, if he – if he ends up getting drafted next year? Well, I, I think there's no doubt that he can get drafted. Um, I think that he can be added to that group. I mean, I mean, he's had a, a heck of a career. He's put, put a lot of work in. He's, I mean, has 300-plus yard games. Um, you know, what he, what the body of work he's going to do in his future, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the speed of the game in the NFL's faster every year um and it's you know movement and speed guys and off off platform um seems to be the the way things are going to go so you know i'd have to just hopefully aiden could be nimble and and move because the next level everybody's so much faster and that would be the part of the game that i would say that you know it's going to be a, a tougher part at the next level for aiden i think he's his accuracy's there his arm strength's there his leadership's there I think physically the improvement levels to go to the next level, he's really going to have to dial in. Now, what have been the biggest, as a fan, ever since you got out of the game, not just at Purdue and your pro career, what have been the biggest improvements in terms of actual on-field play and and how things have changed over the course of those years? So you're asking me what parts of the game have changed over Over the last 20, 30 years, something like that? Hmm. Uh, I think the the thing that has changed is, well, there's been so many different things. I don't even know where to start, but um, <laughs> some of the biggest changes have been with actually the union and the NFL, meaning there's no more real two days and pads. Uh, there's practice. There's a lot less practices. There's a lot less heading. Um, the rule changes um, in 1997 were huge and then eventually more added on that, meaning you can't hit the quarterback. You can't do this. You can't hit him below the knees. Now you can't hit him in the head. We were live, meaning ball out. They were a step away. They could hit us wherever they want. So we were, we were like, you know, those dummies you see in automobiles. So we were getting ragdoll all the time. So, I mean, for us to play, I think I played like about 160 professional games. I mean, I don't think my body could have handled anymore. I mean, Tom Brady's now playing 300 and some, but I don't think that anybody could really, I think Jim Kelly played about 160 games. That was about all a body could handle being that we were on an auto wreck every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I agree with the rules. So, I think what I'm I'm telling you is the evolution of the game is a little bit um, it's still physical. Don't get me wrong. It is more um, uh, more safety driven. Like for example, receivers, Ronnie Lott would come by to me and say, "Don't throw over the middle," and I'd be like, "Okay," <laughs> <laughs> rightfully so because 
because if they're over the middle with Ronnie mm-hmm. Lott, he's actually going to destroy somebody. I mean, headshots. Uh, I mean, could permanently destroy somebody. So I'd have you'd have to alter your throw. If thrown over the middle, you had to throw the ball down and in, so he catches the ball and just goes right to the ground. Otherwise, he's going to get destroyed by somebody. So that part of the game has changed. They can throw the ball anywhere, and the receiver is partly protected. Um, that's changed the game. Um, so what I'm saying is that the I think the athletes can be a different style now. For example, back when we were at you, you had to have. I'll call tendon strength to be able to just survive the next week. Where nowadays, I think guys can be a little bit more, what I'll say, basketball body like, um, or like an infielder like, because you know you're not going to have to take those crushing blows. Where a, a, a guy of that size, um, you put a shortstop in to play quarterback, maybe like Mahomes, I don't think he withstands the punishment that Reggie White would put, even after balls away. Um, uh, Rob Johnson's a great example of that. He played Buffalo. He was a smaller guy, but he kept getting killed all the time from just the punishment. But he was a good quarterback. So I think the evolution of the game that when I'm, if I'm answering your question correctly, if I see that the bodies can be a style, be a little different nowadays because they don't have to take the heavy blows. So you're getting quicker, uh, more, guy, uh, more run type guys. Um, mm-hmm. I think the position, because you have more spread offenses, this goes into schematic things. So you have more nickel defenses. you got a more four two fives, And so when you have that, I think your running game changes. Uh, you have less linebackers. The linebackers you have in now are faster. So that the game is faster. But then again, that's why the power schemes are working so well now on offense is because the guys are lighter. Aaron Donald playing – 275 nose tackle would, or defensive tackle would have never lasted um, mm-hmm. with the guys uh, that we had. It's just too small, even though he's as quick as heck. Um, but this is that's what the game has changed to because it's more of a 4-2-5 defense and you got guys jumping around up front. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at the offensive linemen and go, when are they going to change the body? So, I remember Pittsburgh Steelers back with um, Terry Bradshaw. They had a bunch of little offensive linemen. They did a bunch mm. of pull and stuff like that. I'm waiting for that revolution to happen. Just because of the speed of the defense, you'll see the speed of the offense speed up. So uh, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about aid and speed and this and that. Because once you get up to the bigs, everybody's fast. And the game's fast and it plays fast. And um, that's what Trevor Lawrence has had a little t- tough time getting in it installed from playing where things are – I always said this in high school, if you threw and hit the barn, you're good. In, in college, you got to throw and hit the, hit the uh, barn door. But in the pros, you got to throw and be able to hit that little thing up there in the top at the barn. <laughs> so you're, you know, everything's more pinpoint and more quick. And um, that's just the evolution of it. But hopefully I helped describe a little bit about what the game is. But speed is premium in the NFL right now. I'd like to be a fly. I, I was talking about this with someone. I'd like to be a fly on the wall in some of those old school, like Gene Cady, Purdue basketball practices, or even like way back in the day, some of the greatest coaches. I'd like to be a fly on the wall and just, just watch what those guys had to go through on a daily basis <laughs> yeah. and compare it to now. It's night and day. Well, nine day. And then, you know, I mean, society's different and mm. the, the athletes are different and the expectations are different. And, uh, 
the training's different, um, but you still have the same type of mentality of the guys that want to do the extra part, go the extra way, lift up. I, I look at a guy like Cooper Cobb. Um, that dude works day and night and works hard. I mean, he's he's the he's the overachiever and a third round pick. And had that special season last year. Unfortunately, he's hurt this year. But you know, you have the overachiever guys. But yeah, it would be kind of cool to go back and look at. It. But I, I I remember high school, which was this water trough, and and they would turn turn the thing on, and it would be like PVC with just holes mm-hmm. in it, and you'd go get water. And of course, you weren't doing stuff right some of the coaches said no you can't get water this thing because you're (laughs) and we found out later that yeah being dehydrated will make you think funny you know so Mm -hmm. yeah go get water so that was that was the big thing we lived our evolution it's like dude make sure don't use water as a punishment (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh that's wild that's wild um but like i said uh before we started we're we're up here on time um again thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and being so honest and open and um, giving the fans and our audience a, a good listen. Great, uh, great, uh, great to be part of Boiler Nation. Let's go Boilers! Yes, sir.